0: Jazz, the American music genre, began in the 1900s and has evolved into what's heard today. In this episode, we'll be taking a look into the different phases of jazz, from early influences to modern day. I'm Helen.
1: I'm Miles.
0: I'm Alaya. You're listening to Musical.
1: So, Olia, you got the chance to interview Hazel Miller and we're actually going to hear clips of this interview throughout the episode. What was that like?
0: Yeah,
2: it was super cool to interview her. She's toured all around the world and opened for people like James Brown while she was still in high school, which is crazy to think about. That was one of the things I asked her about, actually, like what it was like back in that neighborhood band. You were really young when you started in the professional world, like 16, oh, 16. Yeah. So I'm like how did that happen and i guess it was different than and you've had different experiences than people who started later right
3: oh yeah when when um when i first uh heard of, i was babysitting for a lady who was the singer in this band and uh, she was about to have her fourth child and her husband said no nah, baby that's it so I waited till he left, and I asked her if she would recommend me to these guys. Because they were all older than me, and I thought, well, they probably don't know me. So I went and auditioned, and they made me wait a while. They auditioned a lot of different singers, and they called me back in about a week or so. Um, the hardest thing when you're young is to get people in the ba- If you're the youngest person in the band, is to m- make the band members take you seriously. Seriously, yeah. Because I was the only singer, they were very nice to me. They didn't even sing backup, okay? They just, they played. That's it, that's all. And then I found out that the guitar player and, uh, well, the two guitar players, because we didn't have keys, they were brothers, and they both sang incredibly well, but they didn't want to sing, so it's up to me. The thing about music is that if you hear it and you can imagine how you want to sing it, you can, you can do it, you can, you can rearrange pretty much anything, everything. And we make, we take songs and make them our own.
2: Yeah, and that's something I like about jazz, that you can hear so many different versions and plays on different
0: pieces. Like Elias said, jazz is something you hear basically everywhere. I mean, you're likely to hear jazz in elevators, and there's entire places that are associated with jazz, like New Orleans. But there have also been a lot of recent movies, including The Jungle Book and a new movie from Pixar called Soul that completely feature jazz and blues music. So... It's so common, I really do think it's worth knowing where it comes from.
1: From what I've heard, jazz is a combo of classical European and African music in the late 1800s. But honestly, the roots run so much deeper. It's like a big tree almost. If you dig deep enough, it comes from the musical traditions of Western African slaves who brought their culture to America through the slave trade. But I'm not sure how jazz and blues are connected and why they're so popular.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. One thing I know about the differences between jazz and the blues is that jazz tends to focus on the dynamics and improvisation, while blues is more focused on like a single person, sort of like a guitar or a vocalist.
1: Really? What do you think makes them so confusing?
0: Well, jazz and blues both have strong African origins that sort of call and response theme that you seem to hear in both of them. I think that is definitely one reason a lot of people have trouble telling the difference between them.
1: So let's hear what Miss Miller has to say about the difference between jazz and blues.
3: Blues is a simple, a simpler approach. It's usually the chord structure is usually one, four, five. Uh, You come in on the one or the four or the five and then you Um, It's usually very simple lyrics um, And it tells a story Modern jazz started out as being more instrumental Than vocal And it's built on very complicated Chordal structures
0: So there we have it then A different approach to chordal structures Um, Duke Ellington, who was a jazz musician that lived from 1899 to 1974. He put out a lot of really well-known music during his lifetime um, that supported these complicated chordal structures.
1: I think I heard somewhere his name was actually Kennedy Ellington.
0: Yeah, so the story is he was originally named Kennedy, but his friend recommended that he should have a title, like Duke because of his really refined piano skills. Duke Ellington's family was also fairly well off, and he got, had access to uh, piano lessons and a musical education that would fuel um, the rest of his life.
1: Duke Ellington's musical grace and understanding of music theory was quickly able to rise in the jazz world using his understanding of classical music and a more musically educated background than most. He was able to compose jazz in a more sophisticated way and share it with the world.
0: The rest of America loved Duke Ellington's music and he quickly rose from the Cotton Club in Harlem to touring and then to having his own personal jazz orchestra. Uh, writings He wrote some of the most popular music um, from the jazz genre to this day
1: with one of the songs being, of course, It Don't Mean a Thing If It Ain't Got a Swing.
2: I know you've recorded a cover of It Don't Mean a Thing by Duke Ellington, and it's such a jazz standard. How does it feel
3: to sing a song that's so popular? Duke Ellington changed the world for black people, for black musicians. He was one of the first people Uh, with with a big band long before Benny Goodman and all the other, you know, big names. But his style, his education, his um, ability to write sophisticated music changed the way black musicians were seen, changed the respect they earned, changed the money they made. But more than anything, he changed where you could play. He he was playing venues that black people could not play, ever.
0: I do believe that Duke Ellington and his contribution to reaching equity not only applies to black musicians but also to the whole movement because um, the fact that he was able to get into these um, d- dance floors and and stages and things to perform music I think really uh, helped open up and helped people realize um, and I really do think that it contributed to the movement
1: Duke Ellington created respect for black musicians as a whole and changed the way the public looked at African-Americans.
3: My father and my mother both served in the Army during World War II, uh, simply because my mother was from Mississippi and there was no, excuse the expression, colored high school in her county. So she went into the Army to get a high school diploma. So. Duke Ellington and these guys, this was the popular music that they listened to. They, went, they would go dance to. It wasn't Duke Ellington. It was other bands, big bands playing their music. So to know that someone your age, and you're young enough to be my granddaughter, is listening and enjoying it and, and really knowing how the music is put together.
2: Who were your biggest inspirations when you were starting out and learning jazz and all that?
3: Oh, Aretha Franklin.
0: (laughs) Everyone knows the name of the Queen of Soul. Aretha Franklin was truly a game changer, both musically and culturally. She actually went on tour with Martin Luther King at a young age.
1: Yeah. She also sang at his funeral, and it couldn't have been a higher honor for either of them. Franklin defied genres and common science with a vocal range of over four octaves.
0: Just for some reference, that's from a G2 all the way to an E6.
1: And with it, she bewildered music critics blending R&B, gospel, and pop to create a completely unique sound.
0: There truly are few artists who are more inspirational.
2: What did you learn about being a woman in a band? Were there problems that you had to overcome?
3: Over the years, I've learned that being a woman in a band is being at a disadvantage. I've been in bands where they paid me less and didn't tell me. I've been in bands where I was expected to be um, seen and not heard, have no opinion, sing what they told me to sing, and that's it, that's all. Uh, I was in a band where, uh, that, that they wouldn't switch keys for me, so it was very difficult to sing certain songs. But as I got older, I learned to stand up for myself. And I learned that if there's one band looking for a singer, there's 10 bands looking for a singer. And um, when I was in my mid-twenties, I put together my own band, and I've had my own band ever since. As we heard from Miller, gender misogyny is still
0: prominent in society today.
1: Yeah, this kind of inequality can occur anywhere, in music or in different professions.
0: Exactly. Gender should not affect your love for music.
3: I get a lot of requests to talk to young women now about being in a band or being in in the business. And um, the most important thing, believe in yourself. Don't let anybody tell you what you can't do. Surround yourself with people who are supportive and get a really, really good attorney.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Since you started singing in the 80s, I bet jazz has
3: changed a lot since The technological boom changed everything for everybody. Technology shifted everything in the artist's favor. Up until that time, the artist was controlled by a record company, a manager, an agent. Now, you are all three of those things on the internet. So
0: jazz is very different today than it was back in the day. Technology has added a completely different aspect to traditional jazz.
1: Today, there are basically three main modern jazz composers. There's traditional, mainstream, and anything goes. Traditional artists create jazz based on blues, swing, and bebop. Mainstream jazz is influenced by hard bebop sensations.
0: The artists that have most brought technology into jazz are the sort of anything goes artists. They'll create jazz music inspired by any genre and they use technology to add a more pop feel to the jazz.
3: Me? I started playing in smoky nightclubs in high school. The difference is technology. And I tell young people now, take advantage of it, use it. It's your venue. It's your avenue to success.
2: Definitely. So final question. Why do you think jazz and blues became so important and popular?
3: Because it speaks to the soul. It speaks to the mind. It's 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 for the everyday person. Um, classical music was something that was out of most people's reach, but blues came first. Blues came from gospel. Gospel came from uh, slave songs in the field. So out of the blues, it was um, it was. B.B. Uh, King used to say, "It's a good man feeling bad," and out of that came jazz because so many young musicians like yourself at that time wanted to express themselves more formally and jazz was more formal. And now look at what's come from jazz, rock, pop, even, even, you know, I mean, a grunge, all of it goes all the way back
0: truly has been an essential part of American history and culture and it's an important topic to understand. It's evolved over time and gone from a fragile state of music in just a single city to something that is played and listened to all over the world.
1: Now for part three of ARCA. When we last left our Crouchy Conductor Vincent he was celebrating Christmas of 1892 with Claire, a singer and a friend. We find both of them now exploring a crazy new world of radio and jazz. Thank you for tuning into WNO New Orleans Broadcasting. Again... That was Marcel Johnson on the keys for us tonight. Be sure to see him live right here in beautiful New Orleans. Thank
4: you again and be with us tomorrow evening at 6 o'clock on the hour for more. The old man pushes the microphone back as he rises from his chair, nodding to the African-American man seated at the piano. Thank you again, Mr. Johnson, for joining us this evening. Anytime. He smiles and gives Vincent a firm handshake. He picks up his briefcase that had been propped up by a piano leg and makes his way to the door of the studio. It shuts behind him. A while later, the door opens once more and Claire sweeps in, looking as flamboyant as ever, in a royal blue lady's suit and matching fur-lined overcoat. She seems to have something on her mind, because she doesn't bother with small talk. She unwraps her scarf, throwing it over the back of a chair, and drops into it with a sigh. Vincent does his best to ignore it. The broadcast went well. Silence from Claire. He tries again, with a feeble but sincere attempt to be light-hearted. I must say, I'm quite enjoying working on the station. I must thank you for the idea. I never thought it would become
1: so popular. Something the matter, Claire?
5: No, nothing's wrong.
1: Well, alright then, if you say so.
5: It's just that things have seemed different ever since the whole radio thing started up. I can't really explain it, but everything is more... crowded. Louder noise, all around us, all the time. I don't think it's always been like this. But the more I think about it, the more it seems as if it's been creeping up on us for a long time. Remember back at your old place in London? It was never like this, I don't think. But something started stirring around that time, and it just... built up.
4: Vincent stops. All the thoughts swirling around his head stop. He stares at her. She stares back. After a couple of seconds, she begins to squirm.
5: Maybe I just need to relax. Take a couple years off. I don't know. But you do hear something of the sort, don't you?
4: Her usually regal face looks young, her eyes vulnerable as she waits for his response. Still, Vincent stares, eyes vacant. Finally, she breaks the silence.
5: I need... We need to be going. I have some tickets for us to go see the show tonight at the Singer.
4: She rises mask slipping back on and quickly wraps her scarf around her slim neck and heads for the door, turning back only when Vincent makes no motion to follow.
5: Well? Aren't you coming? I can't be late, I need a ride.
4: Claire sweeps out of the room like a beautiful storm of destruction. He sighs and begrudgingly puts on his overcoat and heads for the door. The chilly evening cuts through the streets, wind clattering through doorways. Claire and Vincent stand in a well-dressed crowd, moving sluggishly to their seats. Vincent stands near the back, chin tucked into his coat collar, brows furrowed angrily while he waits for the crowd to clear. Claire makes a less graceful attempt at patience, and her arms mill in giant motions trying to get the crowd to move. Suddenly, she drops her hands, her stillness surprising Vincent.
5: Vincent, please, do tell me what in the world is keeping us going.
4: She tilts her head up to the ceiling. There are many beautiful patterns on the hard stone above.
5: I am so impatient with these people right now when we have all of eternity.
4: It's just...
5: well, what's your reason for being here?
1: The music, I think.
5: I feel that for a long time things have made sense. like I' figured it out after being around for so long. You understand, don't you?
4: Claire's facade of calm has dropped, revealing a sort of desperation.
5: Now suddenly nothing makes sense. Things feel so cluttered and loud.
4: Vincent looks ahead. No expression, no reaction to the outburst.
5: How do you manage it all? You must feel it, too.
4: He remains stone-faced, but Claire looks down and sees his hand trembling the slightest bit. Few remain outside the Sanger as the last call before the show sounds. Stepping inside, their conversation abruptly ends. The show, while of course entertaining, had a fakeness to it. The whole crowd clapped until their hands were numb, but to Claire and Vincent, though he would never show it, some parts were just noise. At the end, Claire waits until every last slow-moving person has left the theater, before she rises herself. The ride home is silent. Vincent steps out of the car and shuts the door. Claire? She stands in the cold evening air, shoulders crumpled forward and staring at the ground. I'm sorry we have to live with this. It isn't easy all the time.
5: Yes, well... we should be able to do something about it.
1: Thanks for joining us on our journey into jazz. Stay tuned for our next episode on the world music.